Amen. Amen. I'd like you to turn with me, please, to Second Corinthians and chapter twelve. Second Corinthians and chapter twelve. We're going to be, uh, I suppose, referring quite a bit to Joshua and the passage that we read. But I want to take these verses, and particularly verse nine, as my text this morning. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. We're just going to read from the verse 7 down to the end of verse 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, and the Word of God says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought of the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for in my strength is made, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. We do know that the Lord will bless his word to our hearts. Let's just bow for a moment in prayer, please, before we come around the word. Dear Lord and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank Thee for all that has taken part so far, Lord. Lord, we thank Thee for these wonderful hymns of praise that we can sing that draw our thoughts, draw our attention unto Thee. Lord, we pray, Lord, that as we come to the preaching of Thy Word, Lord, that You would take uh, this uh, preacher and that Thou would hide him far behind the cross, that none would be seen save Christ. Lord, we pray that it would all be all be of Thee. O Lord, that we would, like Christ, glory in Thee. In Thy love, Thy mercy, Thy grace towards us. O Lord, we pray, come and speak by the power of Thy Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Folks, this morning I want to come and I want to consider for a short time the trials and the struggles that perhaps many of us face in life, and I'm sure we face in life. I want to think for a little time upon weakness, and our own weakness, and our own inability, and, and the challenges that we face. And I'm sure most, if not all, here today are facing a challenge of one sort or another. We're facing difficulties. We're facing, it could be something material, financial restraints and constrictions upon us. It could be physical, perhaps some infirmity, something that we're struggling with, trying to get through the day and through the week. It could be something emotional, something that's pressing hard upon us, something in relation maybe to our families or our work situation, something that we're struggling to bear, something mental, or perhaps even something spiritual. We're struggling to find peace. 
We're going through our lives. We're seeking to serve the Lord and we're seeking to go forward with the Lord. But there's just something that we feel that we believe is hindering us from that closeness with our Savior. I'm sure in, some, in, all, in these areas, all of us can relate in some way. The path that we walk is not a straight path. It's a difficult path. It's full of struggles and trials. And yes, we may put on a hard exterior. But deep down, we feel tender, we feel weak. I suppose this, in many ways, and men, I'm speaking to you for a moment. For generations, men were told that we had to be strong. That we had to be that tower of strength. We bottled up our emotions. That hard, hard exterior. We shied away from health issues. Bottled up problems. Can't be seen to be weak. What do we do with life? We carry those burdens. Ladies, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but you're a little weaker in the sense that you're more sensitive to those problems. Ladies generally are, will express those problems more. But what I'm saying is we all have problems. And this morning, I'm sure we're going through difficulties. Maybe some of you are going through dark valleys. And I want to bring an encouragement from God's word this morning to us with the help of the Lord. As we study God's word, we come and we find many, many examples of those that struggled, faced trials, faced difficulties. We could look back through the Old Testament pages and read one account after another. Those that struggled in one way or another. We have come this morning to the, this uh, uh, book to the Corinthians, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And here Paul speaks. Paul quite openly tells himself of the struggles that he faces. He speaks of his weakness. He speaks of that thorn in the flesh. And he speaks how he longed for the Lord to take away that difficulty that he faced. And yet in this ninth verse... We see the words of the Lord to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. And I wonder today, have we as individuals, have we as a church, Lost sight of the sufficiency of God's grace to carry us through, to guide us through, to direct us through those problems that come our way. Have we perhaps been too self-sufficient? Can I just say perhaps there's someone here and you're not saved. You're not saved. And you're going through these problems day by day, just like the rest of us face. But you're relying on your own strength to get you through. And perhaps today you feel that you're crumbling underneath the weight of it. 
Well, this morning I want to show you one who will bring you through those difficulties. The one who will be with you and help you. The one who has promised to never leave you or forsake you. I want to bring you today and show you the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who bore the sins of those who would call upon him on Calvary's cross. The one who would come to be that friend. The one who would send the blessed Holy Spirit to guide and direct and help. Dear friend, there's a message for all of us today, whether we're saved or whether we're unsaved. There is only one source of strength and there is only one source of sufficiency. And it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I'm sure we can all look back to our childhood days. Maybe standing up at the front of a church or in a children's meeting somewhere. And we sing that little song, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. What's the next line? They are weak, but he is strong. Oh, the truths that are contained in those few lines. And yet as we grow older, we lost sight of that fact that we are weak, but he is strong. In the chapter in Joshua, which we read, we see the children of Israel. And they have come into the promised land after wandering through the wilderness for many, many years. And if we were to look at the account, we would see that the land before them was great. And the enemies in the land were great. And we find that they come here now up to Jericho. And they look at this city. And they wonder, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Is that where you are this morning? You're saying, what am I doing here? Maybe not necessarily, what am I doing in Korean Free Presbyterian Church? But what am I doing here in relation to the situation that you're in? These people came, and here before them was Jericho. And I'm sure they wondered, and I'm sure they questioned Joshua. What are we doing here? I want us to notice that there was the, the enormity of the problem. The enormity of the problem. Friends, when we face a problem, when we face, as it were, a Jericho, it can seem like a mountain unpassable before us. Picture the scene with me. The walls of Jericho, they're built in stone. They're double-skinned, as we would say, like a cavity wall. That's, that's how they were built in those cities in that day. The overall width of that wall, the archaeologists tell us, was about 30 feet. So we're not talking some we insignificant wall 30 feet wide so what are we looking at probably almost as wide as this building three quarters the width of this building 30 feet wide for those of you that are a little bit younger than me we'll put it into modern terms nine meters so we're talking about a mass of wall and they tell us that the height of the wall could have been in the region 
of 14 plus meters, 46 foot. Can you just picture that sitting before you? Joshua says to the people, we're going to come up to Jericho and we're going to defeat it. The Lord has given the city into our hands. And the people see Jericho before them and they think, what on earth are we going to do? Look at the size of this place. They wonder. They question. In the eyes of ordinary man, there lay before them an impossibility. An impossible situation and no way to deal with it. And friends, not only that, when we take the size of the wall, we also must realize that Jericho would have been on an elevated point. Cities were always built on elevated points to give them that added sense of security. And here are the people, and I'm sure their hearts sunk within them. And they said, there's no way out for me. There's no way around this problem. What am I going to do? Dear friend, are you there this morning? Are you wondering what way there is to get round this problem that you face? Maybe as a congregation. You're looking and you're saying, well, we've been out without a pastor. And how are we going to get through? We need someone to come and shepherd the flock, but we've been going along this path for over three years. What are we going to do? Dear friend, it may seem in many ways impossible. But the Lord says to us just as he said to Paul, in your weakness, my power will be displayed. Oh, there was the enormity of the problem. Then there was the remedy for the problem. The remedy for the problem. Friends, the Lord gave very clear instructions to Joshua. As to how this Jericho, this impossibility would be overcome. Praise the Lord, he never leaves us in the dark. He never leaves us in the dark. If you are wandering today in the dark, not knowing the answer to your problem, and this might sound very blunt, but it's your own doing. For the Lord clearly shows that if we trust him, then he will bring us through. Oh, we may not see, as it were, the light of the tunnel, but we can rest assured if we're trusting in Christ as Savior, then there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And the Lord will lead us through that dark path and through that dark valley. Are we looking to him? Are we relying on him? Are we saying, yes, Lord, I don't see the way, but Lord, take my hand and lead me through. Well, there was a remedy for the problem. The Lord had the whole situation looked out. Friends, the Lord could have removed Jericho out of the way as the people approached. But that was not his plan. You know, I've often thought about the children as they wandered in the wilderness. Thought about preaching several times. On the, t- on the subject of when the Lord takes us the long way round. Well, could that not be applied to Jericho? Well, the Lord could have taken Jericho out of the way, but the Lord took the children round 
and round and round again. They thought they were going nowhere. But the Lord gave the clear instructions as how his plan, his plan would be fulfilled. This was not Joshua's plan. This was not the plan of the priests. This was the Lord's plan. And I'm sure the people looked and when they heard the instructions for the problem, when they heard the remedy of the problem, they questioned it within themselves. Well, this doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Why would the Lord do this? I'm sure as they walked round and on the sixth day they wondered, Lord, are you not going to do this? Lord, we're getting tired with walking round and round. Lord, how long? How long? Lord, we've walked in the wilderness and now you're making us walk around this city time after time. I wonder, do they say, Lord, your remedy, your plan is become, beginning to come a burden to us. Lord, we just don't understand that. And friends, maybe you're in the same situation. And the problem seems too great and perhaps the remedy seems too foolish. Time and time again throughout Scripture we read of the Lord telling people to wait. To wait. Dear friend, maybe you've waited and you've waited and you've waited for an answer to prayer. And the Lord says, wait on. You say, but Lord, how long? Lord, I'm seeking to be obedient to you. But Lord, it just seems to be going on and on. And I seem to be going round and round, Lord. And I've waited and I've waited. Lord, why just not answer my prayers now and defeat my Jericho? Lord, I'm growing weary and monotonous on this path. Friends, we have to obedient, be obedient to the Lord and we have to wait for his timing. Yes, the Lord could have destroyed Jericho in the first time round or the second or the third. But the Lord chose that the people would go, as we say, round and round in circles. Why? So that he, they would see his power and so that those within the city would know his power. Friends, so often we could be going round and round because of our own making. Because of our own lack of faith. Because of some sin within our life. We could be going round and round in order for the Lord to test our faith. You know, I thought about this and challenged my own heart. So often we say to somebody, we'll pray for you. Or we'll pray for your loved one. Or perhaps it's a work colleague or a friend and we begin to pray for them. 
and we pray for a while. Every day. Every day we bring them before the Lord. And then we start to slip and it's once a week. Then it's once every so often. Then they're forgotten about. The Lord tells us that we're to keep going. That we're to remain faithful. That we're to pray on till the answer he gives. I wonder, are we praying on fervently? We start out with such zeal. I can just picture the children of Israel and they're going out and they've strayed and they're going for all they're worth. And there's that rhythm there and they're getting round. Oh well, the first time round. And that wasn't so bad. Day two, we start out again. Day three, day four, day five. What about day six? I wonder, was there the same vigor as there was in day one? What about day seven? On the sixth time round, are we nearly there yet? We're starting to lose hope. Friends, the Lord has a remedy for all our problems. But we must be faithful. And we must trust his leading and his guiding. Then, there was the ridicule in the problem. And I thought, you know, this is something that's very personal to us all. Especially from those that are unsaved. I can just picture the people of Jericho looking out over the top of the wall. Looking out, out at the children of Israel as they go round and round. I'm sure, to begin with, as they looked and they saw the vast number, some say in around three million people, coming up to that city. Looking out just like ants across the land. And I'm sure the people within Jericho thought, we're in trouble here. Then as they start to walk round and round and round, those within Jericho start to say, huh, what kind of fools are these? Where is their God? They wanted to come and defeat us. Well, they're not making a great job of it. Friends, it's no different in our lives as believers. Those, well, there are those that will look on and they will say, where's your God? You've been praying for somebody to be healed and your God hasn't answered prayer. You tell me you're trusting in God, but that problem which seems so obvious doesn't seem to be going away. Where is your God? Friends, we can get disheartened. We can get cast down. And we could easily give up, couldn't we? Yes, we could even start to question within ourselves, well, you know, I'm wondering what he or she is saying. Is it true? Is the Lord really with me? Is the Lord really going to bring me through? Friends, we can question God's sovereignty. 
Is God really in control of this situation? We can start to lose faith. <coughs> Dear friend, remember, the Lord does not change. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And dear friend, we know that the Lord has answered our prayers in the past. Therefore, will he not answer our prayer again? Well, when those around us start to mock, we need to stay strong in the Lord. We need to stay focused. So we have the ridicule and the problem. Then there's the reality of the problem. The reality of the problem, we must be seen to be keeping on, to pushing on if we ever want to come over the prob- overcome the problem. And before this people was a mighty fortified city. And of themselves, they could have made a good attempt. But the problem was massive, wasn't it? Of themselves, they could have made a great attack on the city, but the risk would have been high. And the losses would have been great. Friend, they needed to rely on the Lord. We often try to do things on our own, don't we? And as it were, we take risks. We take risks by not relying on the Lord. The Lord has told us to rely on him, to rest on him, to be strong in him. But in reality, we look at our problems and we do what's best, what we think is best. So often the Lord has put down the list when it comes to facing up to the problem and dealing with the problem. I wonder when we get that phone call that we weren't expecting. When we find ourselves in a situation that we weren't expecting, who is the first one that we call upon? Your wife, your husband, your mum or your dad. So often, the Lord's down the list, doesn't he? Dear believer in every situation, Whether the problem be great or small, then we need to be looking to the Lord. And so often we say, well, with the minor things, we'd be all right. We can sort them out on our own strength. Maybe it is when we come to the big things. Well, Lord, you know, really, I I can't do that on my own. Lord, I put that into your care. Lord, you know, My Sunday school class, well, I can prepare the message. But Lord, I need you to save the souls of the little ones. We can do the message in our own strength. But we hand the the saving of the little ones over to the Lord. Friends, this is the reality of the thing. We need the Lord's help to prepare Yes, the Lord gives us all talents and abilities to use for his honor and for his glory. But the reality of the situation is 
that we are weak, that we are helpless, and that we need the Lord with us, not just for the big steps, but for every step. I wonder, are you taking everything to the Lord in prayer? The hymn writer says, Oh, what peace we offer forward foot. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The reality, dear friend, is that we cannot, we cannot draw a breath of our own accord. It is only of the Lord. And if we cannot draw a breath of our own accord, then how can we do, expect to do anything else without the Lord? It is the Lord's grace and His mercy that has brought us thus far. And it is the Lord's grace and mercy that has each one of us here today, whether saved or unsaved, it is the Lord's grace and mercy. That's the reality of the situation. And the reality of that situation, when we bring it into, the, into context, is then that we need the Lord, and we cannot do without the Lord. Peter in 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all your care upon him. All our care. All our care. And we need to face up that we need the Lord. And that we can do nothing without him. Then there's the reassurance over the problem. Very quickly. All these things are facing the children of Israel. All these thoughts are going through their heads. All the mocking round about them. But then there is the reassurance. The Lord told Joshua that the victory would be his. He didn't say, Joshua, you know, if we work hard, we'll, we'll, we'll conquer Jericho. You and me together as a team, Joshua, we'll, we'll conquer Jericho and with the people beside us. No, the victory is the Lord's, dear friend. And the Lord tells Joshua, and Joshua tells the people, the Lord has given us the victory. In the midst of Paul's problems, those who, which he knew would not go away, what did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient for thee. And friends, there are problems which the Lord will choose to remove and there will be problems that we'll face that the Lord will choose to leave. But can I tell you one thing, dear friend? If we're trusting in Christ, we're on the victory side. And whether the Lord chooses to remove the problem or whether the Lord doesn't, the Lord will give the victory. He'll either remove the problem or he'll give us the strength to deal with the problem. Dear friends, the Lord gives the people all that they need in his promise to face the challenges before them. And the Lord gives us all that we need 
to face the challenge before us. For the believer, we draw our strength from our Savior. We draw our strength for what he has done us, for us in the past. And we look to him for what he will do for us in the future. As I've already said, when the Lord left the disciples, and we read in Acts 1 and 2 what he did do, he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. The one who would be our comforter and our help. And the one who would bring us safe home. Why? All because of the victory wrought at Calvary. Dear friend, as we come to a close, so often we look at our problems and our situations. And they seem impossible. So often we look at them like the Jerichos and the Goliaths. And there seems no way around. Dear friend. Dear friend, there was no way for you and I out of our sin on our own. And yet the Lord provided a way. Lord Jesus Christ left the splendor of heaven and he went to Calvary's cross to deal with the biggest problem that we ever had or if you're unsaved that you still have the problem of sin and if the Lord can deal with our sin then can he not deal with your problem today, dear friend? If the Lord can lift you out of the muck and the mire and establish your goings, then can he not lead you through? Praise God. Victory was accomplished at Calvary. My Savior gave his life a ransom for me and for you if you trust in him. Dear unsaved friend, dear believer, is there a problem today that you just seem, cannot seem to get round? Dear friend, look to Calvary. Get a glimpse of the Savior. And his victory there. Dear friend, get into your mind a right realization of who our God is. And place your trust in him alone for every step of the way. There's no problem too big. There's no mountain too high. And he will not bring us round or through. Or remove it out of our way if we'll only yield to him. You know, as they went round the seventh time on the seventh day, when they blew the trumpet, the Lord displayed his power. They fulfilled 
what he asked them to do. And there went up a shout of victory. May each one of us go out this morning with that shout of victory upon our lips. For we have a wonderful Savior and a wonderful God. Praise be to his name. Amen. May the Lord bless his word to all of our hearts. We're just going to bow in a word of prayer. I'm going to make my way to the door. But friends, can I encourage you this morning? I just encourage you. Especially if you're facing the challenges of life. The Lord's table is set before us. And we're reminded here at this table of what the Lord has done for us. We're reminded of what he suffered for us. And surely this morning, if we want to know victory in our lives, believers, then is this not the place to find it? in obedience to him. If we want to get round those Jerichos and past those Goliaths, do we not need to be at the Lord's table and seeking his face and enjoying that blessing that comes with that close union and communion with him? May the Lord challenge our hearts. Let's pray. Dear Lord and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts this morning. Lord, we thank you for the challenge of it, Lord. Lord, we face many problems, and Lord, we seek to get through them on our own. But Lord, as you told Paul, your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Lord, is sufficient for the need of those that are outside of Christ, the greatest of all needs, to escape the wrath and judgment of God. It's sufficient, hallelujah. It's sufficient for the needs of the backslider. Lord, to restore that joy of salvation into their lives. And Lord, it's sufficient for the needs of every believer. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, we pray that you would encourage us this morning. But Lord, that you would draw us into that right relationship with you. Lord, into that closer relationship with you. The writer says, Oh, may my walk be close with God, calm and serene as frame. A light to shine upon the road that leads me to the Lamb. Lord, we pray for those that must leave. Lord, we pray that you would go with them. Lord, speak on. Lord, for those of us that wait around the table. Oh, Lord, bless us as we commune with thee, in Jesus' name, amen.